Hey, welcome everybody to your weekly podcast presented by Five Pin Universe, number 43. Unreal that we've gotten through this many podcasts and some of you are still around. Um, so we have the usuals. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. We have Tim and Dexter Wiseman, Adam Weber, and our special guest this week from Penticton, BC, is Chris Bradford. Thanks, Hey, Chris. guys. How are you doing? No well, problem. How are you? <laughs> Not too bad. We're, we're really happy to have you on. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so our uh, our first topic will be uh, presented by Jeff England. Uh, he's asking why are Ontario bowlers so much better. Uh, I have a I have a really good answer to that. They're not. <laughs> And moving on. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, well, it, it, well, yeah. It, it helps when you play at Elmira Dune. That helps. <laughs> that that well, is hype, man. Elmira Dune or, um, or Mountain Dune. Dune. Mountain Dune, yeah. Mountain Dune. Mountain yeah, Dune. <laughs> there are some scores out in Ontario right now. That is for sure. So congratulations to all the great players out there at the moment. It's insane numbers getting put up. And only and only two centers. I mean, I watched the Ontario Open some other ones. It was pretty bad. I mean, at one point, Central <laughs> Central Min was winning with a two thirty nine average, and, uh, and they're a hell of a zone, right? So yeah, yeah th- those for- are those are the brand new bands uh, that uh, everybody was pretty excited about, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my Greenlee rocked it out there. Yeah. <laughs> But, but uh, yeah, to answer so, your question, Jeff, I uh, I don't think so. I think I, I don't think that's the truth. <laughs> I, I I think there are some great players in Ontario, and I think well, there Tim, are some great Tim, are players. you from Ontario originally? Yeah, I am actually. Oh, okay, that would make sense then. <laughs> <laughs> we have great players everywhere, and there's some great ones in Ontario. And there's some great ones in Russian Canada. Now there's some great ones in between. We all just get along. <laughs> there you are, Jeff. Jeff, thanks Thanks for posing that question. Uh, just so guys know, this will be our last podcast, obviously, before Christmas. So um, the topics may not be a little too heavy tonight. We're mostly joking around. And uh, Jeff, we know that was just a stab at us. And it's all good. We love, we love hearing that stuff. <laughs> Who's who's Jeff England? <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Bradford. Oh yeah, pretty much. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. So, uh, anybody got a topic that you want to bring up? Uh, actually, I'll bring one up since we were kind of talking about it before podcast. Um, shield regulations for perfect games across the country. Rulebook corner, Dexter. <laughs> oh, good. Good meal. Yeah. Any good meals? <laughs> good, good meals. <laughs> you got a good meal there. Um. So the, the reason the reason why this came up is because Bradford's on podcast, and as he brought up, uh, there's been a few perfect games that have been not recognized by the C5 out in BC. Uh, so thank you for bringing that to our attention, Bradford. We do Oh, no problem. That. I was just curious on that. Uh, <laughs> um, 
but part of the reason why they weren't um, they they weren't allowed uh, was because it, there's been a lot of centers out in BC that um, haven't been certified by the uh, Masters or the Canadian Five Pin um, in numerous years now. You need to be certified every two years to stay current um, in those organizations and have record scores count. Um, BC, for whatever reason, it, it, it seems like that was kind of lost in translation over the last number of years. I've, I've heard of many, many centers out there that hadn't been certified in umpteen years. Like, it was... Bowl out of one. Like, sorry? I bowl out of one. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like that's almost like the case out in BC where majority aren't certified at this point. So in De any case... Yeah. So, Dexter, could you elaborate on um, why the shield rule is necessary to be certified? Well, okay. So, my understanding as to what this, the... Um, the the shield is there for is to show when the machine's been activated so the reason why it's important for a perfect game or record scores is that you can't really tell when a machine is activated so if you have if you have a pin like partially leaning and then all of a sudden it goes over but the shield isn't moving then you know that the machine isn't activated and that pin just fell over but if you have a shield moving and a pin falls over while that's happening it's very likely that that happened because the machine was activated and started cycling. Um, although I, I'm I'm going through the rule book and in the rule book in, in the actual rule book itself, it's not stated anywhere in there about that because that's not really what the rule book is for. Uh, under the specs section for uh, the Canadian five pin. Um, Interesting enough, it says, although shields are not required for lane certification, shields are required for all C5 PBA events beginning at the zone level. Which is interesting because that sounds to me like if you're hosting any C5 events at all and you don't have shields, then I don't know if they're realistically, technically supposed to be allowed. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you can re like you know reach out and you know, talk to the C5 and, and have, you know, that, that stuff put in away. But I don't know if scores should realistically be allowed if, if it's required for C5 PBA events. Um, I then went through um, the um, bylaws for the C5. And then I went through um, the record scores formats. And I still can't see in here where it says that shields are required for that. So maybe Tim can elaborate a little bit on that because I I truly don't see that on here. You you must have the shields on in order to have your record score count. Can yeah, it makes sense. In a C five, yes. right? For C five to recognize them, right? Correct. So you can get a record score. You can have a perfect game, um, but you need to have it on in order for the, the C5 to accept it. Right? Same thing as you must have it be a member in order for the C5 to accept the perfect game. That, that, right? makes, that makes total sense. So remember what we talked, I think we talked about many moons ago on a couple of podcasts, they decided they wanted to come up with a light system instead as well. 
to help offset the cost of the shields because shields can get expensive. And at the end of the day, I don't believe proprietors, um, not say they don't care, but it comes to dollars and cents nowadays. And if it's going to cost them a lot of money to put shields in just to have a perfect game recognized, they're probably not going to want to do that. So the shields, I think the thing we talked about, the lights cost about $15 or something really cheap. You can hardwire right into your motor. Uh, Jason Kennedy from, he owns Smithers Bowl, but he's from Prince George, came up with it. And it works really well, and you don't need a shield anymore with that. So um, he's talked to the centers on BC that require them, and some of them are already on board with it. So, for example, like the, the gentleman who threw the perfect game in Nachaco for the Open Provincials, he knew that because Nachaco doesn't have shields, he knew even before walking in there that if he got a perfect game, it wasn't going to be honored by c5 because the shields or the or the lights aren't on yeah and, and you know what i i i 100 totally agree with that <clears throat> rule yeah i just don't see where it's actually stated i i it's a rule so trust me yeah no i i, I trust you oh well, we trust I, I, you we it'd be nice if it, if we could find it as written documents instead of yeah, trusting i'm just everybody. i'm just saying it should it, it should probably be stated that's that's all i'm saying I, and i i'm not saying that it's not stated i'm saying i can't find it I'm not. Sorry. I'm not. I got. I got you. Yes. I, I'm not deliberately it. trying to miss this to cause an issue. I'm looking through this to try to find it because you asked me to. And... I didn't ask you to. All right. Next topic. <laughs> so, uh, I'll segue into um, being recognized as perfect games. So. Um, I know the last time I threw a perfect game, they still recognize it with a ring and a trophy ball. Is that still the situation with C5? Does anybody know if they're still recognizing it with rings and trophy balls, or has it been reduced? Uh, trophy balls, plaque, badges, uh, certificate, you get all with that, as far as I know. And the ring comes through bowl AB. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Are they still doing the ring? Uh, Bully B. Now, this is what that I don't know what other proprietors do. Um, Bull AB stopped doing it a long time ago until Jesse Bouchard got it, and then they decided, Oh, let's do it for Jesse. And then, which is a great moment, don't get me wrong. Um, and then they forgot about some other people's with that whole situation. I don't think Adam's got his yet, have you? Not officially, uh, but I was uh, speaking with uh, Richard up there. I believe it actually is in right now. So I think we've got our open provincial or open uh, trials at the end of January, and I'll uh, probably get it at that point. That's uh, awesome. Well, three, three years later, but hey, still. Hey, better, yeah. better late than never. It'd be yeah. nice to actually have it in St. Albert yeah. when you get it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, they, I, I guess at least a couple of years ago, uh, they definitely did get the ball and the, the, the plaque and, and all that stuff too, which was pretty cool at the, the C5 National. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got that in Sudbury, I do believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tim, you, you had mentioned something about badges and certificates. Is that um, since I've been lucky enough to throw a perfect game, I don't think I ever received anything like that. It was a it was a plaque, a trophy, and a ring. Mm, honestly, I just get a package, so I'm not gonna lie to you. Not sometimes I had a Sometimes it's a little badge you get with it. Oh, yeah. um, sometimes it's just it's just a certificate that's it's more of a letter saying congratulations. 
Right. It's not not that really a certificate. I actually have the boxer here. I could pull it oh, and that's check fine. everybody else's stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably make you a t-shirt, carry. Well, that'd be fantastic. Okay. You should you should I'll, buy I'll his one. <laughs> Do you have a, a place around your house in Penticton that would uh, make the t-shirts? Or <laughs> actually, I would do it. Yeah. Oh. I don't have enough material to make Adam Weber's, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the silence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anybody else got a topic? Let's, let's segue into another topic. Hey, I had a, I had a quick question. So, I bought some balls from this gal, um, and I guess her son was a big a big bowler, and at the time, it's a soft roll, and it says limited edition on it. And it's got a hundred engraved on the back of the ball. I was wondering if you guys know anything about it. Apparently, he bowled. There was a group of people that bowled a hundred, a hundred games in a hundred different centers in a hundred days. Ter- Terry Burns. Canada. Yeah, it was Terry Burns. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just the one guy. Uh, as far as I know, he was the one that was doing the traveling and bowling in the different centers. It was oh, okay. it, it was across one hundred days. It was one hundred centers. Um, I know he did like several centers in one day because obviously travel days he wouldn't be able to play. Um, but yeah, that was on the hundredth anniversary, I do believe, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, as for a bowling ball made from it or anything like that, I have no clue. But I know Terry definitely took the time and did that. It was, it was pretty neat. He went. He played coast to coast. Yeah, um, I think. Sure. Okay. Chris, no, maybe maybe a kid came out for a hundred year anniversary of twenty two thousand nine, maybe, right? Maybe for the hundred year of bowling, maybe that could have been it. Oh, maybe. Maybe Phipps came out with a hundred year one. Well, it, it was this, some, this this lady said her son did this bowling, and it was hit. They were his balls that I bought. Oh, yeah. So I was, um, I was just curious about it. Unfortunately, I don't know anybody else that went on the trip with Terry, but there definitely could have been. I have no information on that. Okay. We have a piece of history right there, but maybe. Hmm. Yeah, that's, 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 cool. pretty, that's pretty unique. Hmm. Oh, I'm definitely. Just, I'm just trying to look it up. Um, but it sounds like he was definitely a merit. So... He may he may have rolled through that area, you know. So who knows? Well, his mom his mom's from Summerland, so. Okay. Interesting. Which probably means nothing to you guys. Uh, it's in BC, right? It's my. Oh, okay. Is it is it near is it near Mission? Uh, no. no. Oh. It's in, it's in BC. It's in BC. Is it in, is it in the valley? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad we're getting all this uh, geography lessons about BC over the last year. So, well, that's good. <laughs> Pl- plenty of flack. Maybe maybe we can play a tournament out here sometime. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I would Just... I I would love it. I miss the tournaments out in BC. I really do. I loved the drive. I loved the people. It was well, so much fun. Instead of going somewhere where it's minus thirty, it'd be like plus four. Yeah, exactly. I would take that. Mm-hmm. I might even wear a speedo. That would be fantastic. 
<laughs> there, there was talks, and I can't, honestly, I can't remember who I was, uh, I was speaking with, but uh, there was talks about trying to get maybe uh, like a summer tournament in like Kelowna or something and, and make it almost like a week long so people can go camp and then, you know, kind of make a, a vacation out of it and, and make a, a bit of a cash tournament. But um, I haven't heard anything further for, for at least two, three years. I feel like it'd be hard to do in summer. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. Chris, I hear your ball team's not that good, so you could participate in this. That's way too early. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it would be tough to kind of run a summer tournament just with both nationals and then the WCBT finals closing in August there. You have to pick a weekend that's in between, right? Um, well, and my golf swing ruins my bowling throw, so. Yeah, because they affect each yeah. other. So do you golf all winter <laughs> then? Uh, no. <laughs> Chris, Chris, weren't you, weren't you golfing in December? Weren't you golfing funny. in December in Vegas? Yes, I was. <laughs> okay, just saying. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know why we're yeah, talking about that, but <laughs> well, you had mentioned your golf swing ruins your bowling swing, but you're the one that brought it up. It's true. It's true. <laughs> um, so I do have a topic, and I don't know if you guys have heard anything about the USBC down in the states has uh, started. Um, they've always had a certification program as well, where it was a fail or a pass but now they're doing a tiered system so your your lanes may be certified they're flat or whatever but if they're missing a shield or something it, as in five pin would be you could host certain tournaments but you can't host like a national tournament or something like that do you think c5 could implement something kind of the same a tiered system where it may cost too much money to put in shields um if they put in this light system they could host Provincial rounds, zone rounds, stuff like that. If something was ever brought forward, maybe that could be a possibility, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not like I, the problem is nowadays. I mean, like I said, proprietors don't want to put the money in uh, into shields because they don't they won't get the value maybe back on it. Uh, I know Dex and I we we feel there's a value because we love the sport. I'm not saying other proprietors don't love the sport, but. You know what? Sometimes it's it's tough, right? You know, in Penticton, I know Chris has mentioned that it's real tough down there sometimes with that kind of stuff, right? And if you don't have the right person who who understands the sport, it makes it tough too. Yeah, um, we have we have proprietors that don't really know anything about bowling, so it's makes it tough. Yeah, and so I I guess I guess it has to come full circle. I think everybody has to be on the same page. And I don't think everybody is on the same page nowadays anymore. Just, just they have different agendas, and and people are busy with other things. And well, and, and the if, industry is different, right? I mean, there's a, so 100%. much of the industry that's focused on the uh, the open play side of it because that's a that's a large part of the revenue, the, right? And they have to, and they have to be right. They have right. to nowadays. Yeah. If if it's easy for us to say that we're okay with the shields because we have the shields in for years and years and years and years. They were installed when they when the lanes came in, right? But mm -hmm. I, if it was me now, it, it, 
I don't I don't know if I would jump and put on shields right away. If I was starting a brand new bowling alley and whatever, and and I didn't know anything of it, I probably wouldn't even care. So you probably, you probably wouldn't even know. Yeah. So, um, do you feel that it would be an association? It doesn't have BC five or um, could be a completely different association. Maybe a certification board starts up or something like that. That they would be the ones to inform these proprietors to push this agenda to help fundraise maybe this agenda. Do you feel there's a necessity for that? For sure. I I honestly believe in the down I wish in the down the road that we host something like in a perfect world, say WCBT or you're hosting a, a C five event, you have people that go in and they set the lanes up according to what that is, right? You know, they go in, they have the same tension, same machine work, same oiling as what maybe you expect everywhere else. USBC does that, if I'm not mistaken. I believe they do do that. For USBC-specific tournaments, yeah. Right, and I am not opposed to that at all. I think that I think you could have 90% of the proprietors out there probably be like, mm, you know what, it's my place, my business. Don't touch my stuff. And I also understand that part, but if you understand the whole concept of things, I think it would, wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah. And, I, yeah. Um. I guess to compare it to another sport, so look at the PGA Tour. So um, a group comes in and they set up the golf course to the standard that that PGA Tour event is supposed to be or the USGA, US Open is supposed to be. A specific group comes in and sets the standard. Um, But I think that goes like those golf courses or those places bid to have that event at their golf course right we don't have that so much in five pin bowling like a center doesn't go out and bid to have host the national it kind of goes on a rotation do you Mm -hmm. feel that um if we could bring in more television or media that it would open that up to proprietors that would want that event at their center so they would physically go out and market it or do you feel that proprietors just are happy with the rotation and when they get it they get it that's fine mm, two i think there's two trains of thought i think the well okay the rotation depending on the event nowadays like open and masters they have the full like eight province rotation based off the lane beds and whatnot uh for ybc nationals there's only going to be a select few provinces now right they're no longer going to northern ontario I don't think they're going to um, Newfoundland anymore. Um, select few because they want to save off travel costs, right? And YC is the same way. They're, they're opening up to a rotation of four events now. For you challenge, they have Ontario, Quebec, Manitoba, and Alberta just because of flights and, and costs for that. So that would come to that. In, in a way, I think if there was more money involved, I think any proprietor would be more than willing to host it. But I also think most of these events, they're national, they're in non-prime time season, correct? And I think for those that, I think it's a a bonus to be hosting these national events for those that have always contributed or been a part of it over many years before that. I think if you always supported in the past, you should be the one reaping the benefits during non-prime time, I think, right? I I know in Abbotsford, 
they had a, uh, from my understanding, like they had a little bit of an issue with, uh, they thought they made more money in the summer than they did uh, than the open. But I, I can't see you having a full center in May or end of June or beginning of June full center um, when the night weather is that nice outside. None of us are, right? So I think it's kind of a reap the benefit of it. Well, they, my, they, my had two leagues, they had leagues running while we were playing. Yeah, on right beside the Open Nationals. Yeah. So obviously there, there's enough business, you know, even at that peak time. Yeah. Or non, non-peak time, I should say. Mm-hmm. Do you think that these boards should be sending people out ahead of time um, before the national event to make sure that the lanes are up to standard? 100%. Ideally, yeah. yes. Like, I, I, I mean, I, even if it's a couple of days before, you know, make sure that oiling's done, make sure that the machines are all working proper. Somebody that has some sort of knowledge and can maybe maybe help out, I, th- I think that would benefit the owners or the proprietors, and I think that would definitely benefit the competitors. Tim, you can correct me wrong, but in Alberta, like if we're hosting a national event, the national mm-hmm. board relies on the provincial board the provincial board relies on the zone board to kind of get that in rolling is that not correct 100 percent. so i've held uh two national challenges i've also held um almost everything except for the open i've been part of and yeah so the provincial board like follows up through the national board now most times it's been not so bad um like I can co- contact the head office and keep in touch with them that way and make it a little bit easier, but way things are nowadays. But um, yeah, your provincial board definitely relies on your zone board because you can't be there all the time, right? So unfortunately unfor- enough, I've always had an executive from the Alberta side be there when I've been there because one of us has been local enough where they can help out. Um, I, again, like if you're looking at any other place out of Edmonton or Calgary for Alberta, Central, and you know Shelby's going to do a good job regardless. That's the only other center I can see hosts in a national outside Edmonton or uh, Calgary, right? <clears throat> so you're right. It depends on – and it, it, I, I think you completely agree. If, you're, if your provincial association or your local association is on the ball, they should be working with a proprietor not just a couple days in advance but months in advance on what they would want. Yeah. Right? Make sure and everything's running properly. Yeah, and then there's some things where you just can't control. I mean, we saw it at TPC, right? So yep. you can't really can't really do much about that. So, but there are things that can be controlled, and that's and th- those are the things that sometimes need to be addressed. And that that's not me trying to be rude or anything, but I mean, we've experienced it at some nationals where things are just they're things that should have been taken care of a year before the nationals before, right? And and, and they still aren't. So is is there like? <laughs> an opportunity for the C5 or the masters before these events to contract out a person to go out there and make sure that these things are actually taken care of. I remember Danny Gombach and myself had this exact same conversation and he almost kind of nominated himself like five, six, seven years ago uh, for this exact role, right? To have that, that kind of tournament liaison that that's, you know, contract based i guess to, to physically go out but it, realistically you go to these proprietors proprietors don't want another set of hands another potential liability on their premises and uh, is it cost effective to 
everybody. I, I, I don't know. I, it's just more cost to, to the governing body, which right now they're trying to cut every cent. I guess there's a couple of ways of looking at that. I mean, yeah, it is an absolute cost, but I mean, if that means that people are going out to nationals and having a, a good experience and that keeps people bringing back, coming back or having more people come back, then that, that money's covered. Um, but if you, if you go and, and you're having real negative experiences at, at some of these places, you, you start losing people and, and then you have to start making those cuts. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just a thought. I I guess I look. I at, love the idea. Yeah, I look at it from a business perspective. Once a business or a corporation starts cutting costs and starts looking at ways to even lay people off to bring themselves um, more cost effective or to make a bigger profit or whatever the situation is, usually those businesses don't rebound. And I'd hate to see the C five C fives look at streamlining a little bit um we see it with bull canada they're trying to streamline a little bit by reducing their national destinations and stuff like that do you see that as a a bad side effect they do you think an association or um any of these business type things rebounding from this or do you do you think five pin just going downhill that these associations will just never recover um Honestly, I, I can tell you probably because I've been in most of the, the national meetings. Um, it's not that they don't want to. The, I guess you can say, I don't know if it's downsizing, you can say, but uh, changing their their ways of doing things as in locations and stuff like that, solely based off of uh, funding from Sport Canada, a lot of it. Um, five pin bowling is actually getting less than even kayaking, I think. Um, and I think it's a lot to do with uh, numbers. I mean, masters. I don't. I don't. I don't know how necessarily. I, I'm kind of green on that aspect. Uh, masters get some funding from it, um, but masters and C5 have membership cards, right? So we can get the funding based off our numbers that way. Uh, problem with Bolcan they're having is they're finding way. They're they're trying to find different ways of getting their numbers crossed because. Um, if you're just a YBC member and a Club 55 Plus and maybe a Sunshine, you get your numbers in there. But otherwise, if you're Joe Blow, like an Adam or Carrie or, or Bradford or Dex, and you don't participate in these events, the numbers are never going to be there, right? So they're finding unique ways to try to get that through as well in order to get their funding. Um, so I think a lot of it is funding. And honestly, the less lane beds we have out there from proprietors, the less – the, the less you're going to get for memberships and you're going to lose funding that way as well. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily decreasing things. I think it's just, you're just kind of going, it's a tough sell. If you're, I, WCBT hasn't seen it, right? Cause we're on an up, uphill trajectory still, but you have five pin, you have masters and in YBC. And I think a lot of the numbers, the reason why they're, they're dropping is also because of lane beds. Cause proprietors can't afford rent they can't afford wages so it's not maybe necessarily any association's fault it's just the fact that there's just less less places to go yeah and i get uh i guess that's where my thought process is going so yeah c5 is the regulatory commission um masters is obviously in control or um is the governing body for the coaching division and stuff like that and land certification. It's it's too bad there wasn't a specific association or an association that took it upon themselves 
to do the fundraising, to do the, the gathering of the memberships, to push that objective to boost Sport Canada funding, right? Should that not be the Bowling Federation of Canada? Shouldn't they not be doing that? Literally, if you weren't <laughs> if you weren't a part of the C five or the Masters, would you know about the Bowling Federation? I have no, no clue. You're absolutely right. Uh, the Bowling I, Federation overlooks all of it. And they should be I involved had... in all this, should they not? Like where where are these where is the bowling federation? Where are they a part of this? I had I honestly had no idea until I joined the A five board or even I knew what the BFA was, but I didn't put like two and two together mm-hmm. or the BFC or anything like that. Um, by the way, I want to be honest with you, Masters like the coaching part is actually C five regulated, not Masters. You're right. Alberta it's C ha- five it, regulated, but it's Masters that puts on the clinics. The depending on the province, Alberta does. Alberta does it. Um, right. If you, if you, yeah, the rest are usually five pin oriented. So, masters, in Alberta, we work together. They take that portion and they get funding from us because we're working together on that aspect, right? Other provinces are not so lucky with that. I'm wondering if there needs to be a shakeup that somebody needs to push that agenda. There needs to be, there needs to be a consensus because one group can't run without the other unless unless you just disband them all and you just start over because yeah. they're, yeah, and, they're killing each other the way it sounds like or the way and, and, the way a bowler like myself like tim i know you're involved in an association yeah. i know yeah. dexter's involved in master association somebody that's not involved in those associations i think they're butting heads more than they're helping each other and that's uh, just the way uh, i see I'm, it and prove i don't blame you for saying that and sometimes I, i've been on both i've seen it all sides unfortunately except for the masters and yeah. and sometimes and sometimes you're like oh why is why is this gonna fight like um but masters and c5 were together right they're they're like uh sister like well i guess sister organizations are they're together and then sport canada and government made sure you cut that across so it wasn't necessarily that they wanted us to not work with them and separate, or we didn't want that. That was a mandate by Sport Canada and the government. So if somebody didn't know about that aspect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, whether we like it or not, right? You know, it, we were together. They told us to separate. So it's, it's kind of silly on that aspect, too. But after they were separated, are they still working together? Or is it kind of go no, your own way no, and start your own thing? C5 and Masters aren't really having any issues together. No, we work pretty well, at least. And I've never had an issue at the C5 level with them. I just, I, I mean, I don't see the backroom stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. and I know in Alberta, we work really well together. So there's been no issues with that kind of stuff. Cool. Well, that was pretty in depth for a Christmas podcast. I like it. I like it. <laughs> how, how you doing, Bradford? Our little I'm gnome? Doing, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. I'm taking it all in. <laughs> hey. I want to can I liven it up a little bit? Of course. I do have I do have well first of all I want to uh, we have some high achievement games I should pass along and I'm sorry Carrie didn't get them to me earlier um, but we had uh, Jordan Banks uh, 425 from Milan in Ontario last week that's this minute and uh, we had a couple perfect games in a Mountain Dune and down in Hamilton we had Jeff Forrester and Eric Ridgeway on back to back days. And in Elmira Dune, we had yesterday, it was uh, DJ Villeneuve with 11.55 for three and a 14.34 for four. So awesome bowling, guys. Fun fact, he split the series two and two. 
Yeah, he, he was didn't playing win Jeff Young. R- really? Uh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. shot 1280. Yeah, Jeff <clears throat> Young shot a, like a three, a, like edged him out in game three by like five. Like, I think it was like 383 to 388 or something like that. And then uh, and then won the last game when DJ slacked off and shot 280. I think, I think, uh, Mark played really well that day too. I think he had a twelve hundred as well. That's a, that's just average. Yeah, that's true. That's an average <laughs> night for him. <laughs> are, are they playing no tap out there? No, <laughs> the, the lanes basically are. Wow. Yeah, Hence, depends who you hey. ask. If you if you, if you ask Jeff, he says perfectly normal, and I and if you ask anybody else, it's, it's a light show. And we love you, Jeff. Don't get me wrong. And hence supporting England's. Uh, Initial statement: Ontario Bullers are just better. <laughs> well, when you when you put the pins close together, you get that score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, um, I I don't know how this is gonna work out. I thought it'd be a little bit of fun. What, what, did we did we get through all the shoutouts? I I believe so. Yes. Did, did we do it? Sorry, did we get the four twenty five as well? Yeah, he, that yeah. was the yeah. very first yeah. score. Perfect, he said, good. Yeah. good, perfect. Yeah, thank you. I'm never I'm not gonna forget about Jordan. Like she. Just He's an awesome make bowler. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, since it is the end of the season, it's 2019. I thought maybe, uh, in in good humor and not being rude or picking on anybody, uh, a naughty or nice list based off the the podcast. But we will be picking right? on people. Yeah. <laughs> not 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 personally. So I I think part of this. I know Bradford was thinking about it. We did talk about this. Bradford, remember we. Couple minutes yeah, I do remember. I do remember that one message. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So Bradford's been working real hard at this. He says he sits down <laughs> and works on this spot all day. So um, I thought we might be start with a nice list. Really easy, I think. Um, Tracy Smith, I think, get, deserves to be on the nice list. One of her podcast people. She's a great follower. She got female bowling back into the into the tour. Um, Michael Wist. I don't think anybody doesn't like Michael Wist. You know, even they felt bad for him and let him, you know, give him that corner in, in nine. So good for Michael on that. Uh, <laughs> Rob Wilson. <laughs> uh, Rob, Rob Wilson, I think, for example, Robbie's the best number 32. And you know what? Everybody still loves him for it. And, and so he, he, he's he's one of those guys that just will put up anybody in the hotel room, too, if, with him if he needs it. Um, he's just He's just the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He, he he's our lovable loser yes that's what that's what robbie is yeah uh um, and o- honestly I, I know it's a little bit offside but i think brad wilton deserves to be on there he is married to kelsey so um poor guy and he puts up with a lot i think so opposites attract to you right yeah opposites attract uh now naughty list was a little bit longer than i got and i'm sure you guys can help me out with this um, first of all, I think Greg DeGrazzi deserves to be on there. Just for his vocabulary Greg, alone. Vocabulary, it was quite rude at C5 uh, during the banquet, and he might have said the wrong word at the wrong time. It's only um, four letters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See you, Ente. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Henry, uh, Henry shoots. I'm going to sh- shout him out. Uh, he's going through a lot of me- uh, through a lot of healing, I guess. Right now, he's going through a big surgery. But he does have a bad attitude, and he probably wants to be on this list. So he I'll literally just had shout. brain surgery, and his attitude is still just as bad. <laughs> uh, I have Sarah Light on here. I have Sarah on here because Danny's the nicest guy in the world. He should be on the nice list, but 
from what I learned from Sarah, you can only have a favorite, and Danny's my favorite, and Sarah is not. So that is why she's <laughs> on the naughty list. Um, on a way out side, Emily England. Jeff is a nice guy, and I can't believe Emily is not proud of him for playing every ball in the club tour. So I feel for you, Jeff. We love you, bud. And I'm on your side for that. We are uh, your support group. <laughs> Kathy Langwa. Okay, Kathy's on my naughty list because we traded shirts, and she didn't want this Wiseman. She wanted the better Wiseman, so she traded my shirt for Dexter's shirt. I'm a little bit peeved with that still, and I'm not very happy with Kathy. I thought um, that was just smart. I was just going to say smart. Tim, Tim doesn't smart? like smart. Smart no, is naughty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh we Shane know this. Chafe. Shane Chafe's on the naughty list because he always ditches our podcast. We've asked him a million times to come on. And he has yet to do one. Yeah, keeps dodging so, us. He keeps dodging us. Um, and actually, Chris Bradford, because Chris broke a table at the TPC and he's okay. yet to pay for it. Uh, you know what? Danny will agree with me. About <laughs> Ikea. <laughs> I, Is, I isn't, do, that I, where half, isn't that where half your cabinets come from? No. <laughs> no, no, that no, table, no. It was already no, broken. I, <laughs> I, I do have honorable mentions as well from previous 2018 that are not on the naughty list anymore and have improved and they're getting nicer. Uh, one is Stu Ryan. He's no longer Tyson Nelson's dad. So that is no longer an issue. <laughs> wow. Uh, Let me tell you about Stu Ryan. What, what's that, going on that, with Stu Ryan, Chris? Let us know. It's uh, not meant for the, podcast. <laughs> Danny gone back. Danny has made better life decisions, and now he's on a better and straighter narrow path in life. Mm -hmm. and Congratulations finally, on your kid. <laughs> finally, Jordan Schuess. Jordan made it past Thursday at TPC, and now he's a TPC champion. So congratulations to Jordan. <laughs> all right anybody else want to add to this list at all Bradford? well you took you took bradford's i mean I'm, i did make i did make the most wanted poster um yeah. so kind of sad you took that i want to add mitch davies to um both lists realistically why um, he, well he's he's nice because he's hosting a christmas party for all the people that don't have Christmas, <laughs> but he's on the naughty, naughty list because it's a, it's a key, key party. party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Wow. <laughs> All right, Curry, do you have anything to add to this? I uh, know you took my Shane Chafe. That was mine. <laughs> Adam must have one. Well, obviously the naughty has got to be Hislop because he's a ginger. <laughs> Cute kid, though. And he knows how to play pony. <laughs> yeah. Both yeah. are pretty I'm good. I'm still not convinced that's his. <laughs> I'm not around too many nice guys, so. Especially this podcast. Whatever we, we should, whatever we should hang out. <laughs> He only hangs out with good bowlers. Super soft pass. <laughs> Super soft. <laughs> um, I do have another nice thing. And I'm con I'm consistent, Tim. <laughs> and it kind of warmed my heart. Was even though Robert can be a, 
naughty Robert Parks. He did a, a Superman thing on our Sunday Night League for Henry. So I'm giving him a shout-out for that. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just glad most of us didn't make the naughty list except for uh, Chris. <laughs> I, got nothing. I, I guess I will add somebody. Somebody to the nice list. Robert Gallagher supports professional bowling for number of years, but he is also on the naughty list because it is Robert Gallagher. So, <laughs> if, if you are on his Facebook Messenger, he is on the naughty list about a hundred thousand times. Beware. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Chris, we will segue into uh, our special guest questions. This is what you were supposed to study for oh, that Tim was supposed to let yeah, you know. Yeah, Tim, Tim should have let me know. <laughs> There's gonna be a, there might be a lot of silence, but I'll try my best. No worries. Who was your bowling mentor growing up? Growing up? Um, I got to say Bill Patchlock. Probably because I grew up and now I'm bald like him. But he just threw one of the smoothest balls I ever <laughs> Where was that from? Uh, he, was from he was from Vernon. Okay. I think he bowls at a chase now. <laughs> but super nice guy, threw really, really smooth ball. Dude, just... It's a shame you didn't copy his style. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, Chris. Oh, sorry, Carrie. I, I was breaking up there. I didn't catch that. What'd you say? Uh, no, nothing. nothing. <laughs> uh, your favorite... Did you say breaking down? Sorry, what? <laughs> Next your, question. Your favorite tournament? My favorite tournament? Yeah. Um, it was Edmonton, but I got to say Regina Classic. <laughs> That's fair. Just because just I, I, mean, I lived out there for 10 years and go back and get to see all the people I bowled with in the open and stuff. So. And they don't have mm -hmm. IKEA tables. Yeah, and they they ha they don't cheap out on their furniture, which is nice. Do you want to build us some tables? You owe us one. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you. I will give you the thirteen dollar and ninety nine cent one that you guys bought. I said build. <laughs> I'll build one for thirteen ninety nine. <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite match or a toughest match that you um, always remember? Uh, yeah, the, the 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 one match that I'll always remember because it was the only time we ever I ever got to go to nationals um, was when I was playing mixed in Saskatchewan, and I was bowling with a couple couple older girls. They were I think they were maybe 67, 69, and seventy maybe on our mixed team. And then there was myself, Jason Wyatt, and Trevor Prey, and we uh, we ended up qualifying first. Uh, played Regina in the gold medal game. Came down to our last. Uh, our last ball of the last frame, and I think he needed he needed to count twelve, I think, to win. And he ended up, or he needed to count thirteen to win, and he ended up chopping his first ball, picked the two pin on his second ball, uh, and then picked the three pin on his last one to win by two, and send us to nationals. That was my first nationals, so oh, awesome! That's probably my most memorable one. I imagine that last ball was super nerve-wracking, <laughs> picking oh, yeah. a three-pin for a win. Yeah. Uh, so what's Ask in... Gino. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you win them, sometimes you lose them. <laughs> uh, Miller. 
What's it? What's in your arsenal? Uh, I I have two soft rolls. Well, now I have seven soft rolls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, soft rolls. I I bought them a couple years ago, and I, I've loved them ever since. Uh, do you have your custom bowling shoes? I think you use right. Yeah, I I made some custom DCs. And what was the main reason moving to a custom chair? I just I think it was when I was bowling on the, the kind of one of the first first two years I was bowling on the on the tour before it was really a tour I think uh, I just seen a lot of people that were wearing them and thought I'd give it a try and I'm glad I made the switch because it's it's a lot more comfortable to me right especially uh, when you have to roll four shifts <laughs> <laughs> I hear you uh, so obviously like you said you've been to nationals once or anything so what's the the first title that you want to take down is it a national gold or is it a tour final what is it uh make a cut at the wcbt would be fantastic <laughs> that's your first that's your first uh objective that's my that's my first objective yeah because i feel like you're bowling with all like a lot of the best bowlers around canada yeah and it's getting... to me that's to me that's more that's that's more than opener master like i don't bowl masters but <clears throat> It's definitely getting a lot tougher to make cuts. That's for sure. It's it's uh, you usually just don't squeak in anymore. You have to have a good day on the lanes just to make the cut. Yeah. Which uh, even five, six, seven years ago, uh, hate to say it, but at the autumn open, you you could have a rough day and just throw one good game and you can be in the cut. But now you can throw three, four good games and you're still a hundred out. Like yeah. It, it's gotten to be that you have to be you have to be prepared. You just can't show up randomly unless you're Adam Weber or Stu Ryan or guys that don't need to play leads or anything. Oh yeah, four four shifter carry crates. Uh. Hey buddy, <laughs> <laughs> is that why we play Bakers together? That's right. <laughs> and she, you know, it would be fun, Carrie. Go back through any of the stats that you might have and try to figure out. Uh, how many people missed a cut while shooting 400 in a shift? It There's seems lots. to be a lot lately. It, it, just not even lately. How hard? Not even lately. There's guys that have thrown perfect games and missed cuts, right? Like We could go all the way back to Rolly Gervais. Uh, yeah. Chose, yeah. yeah Chose, Eric Chose Jordan, at TPC. Jordan Schutz. Yeah, Jordan Schutz at TPC as well. Like there's, oh, I don't know how many times. I remember the one year. This is oh, probably 10, 11 years ago. Nick Utley at TPC when I was at Collingwood would mm -hmm. shoot oh, 400, yeah. buck 70, 400, buck 80. No, it wasn't even, it was, it was 400, buck 19, 400. Yeah. <laughs> he, wow. made the, he made the cut, but it was. Nice, nice triple. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like crazy bowling. Yes, I remember that clear as day. Yeah. But yeah, it. That would be kind of neat to know, actually. But I, it's a lot higher than most people would think, I'm guessing. It's it's hard to follow up a good, four, especially a 400. It's hard to follow it up with another good game. It's not too often that happens. but Yeah, in qualifying, I'd rather shoot 396, 398, <coughs> something, something like that, where you don't have that stigma of the four. There, there's something about it. I'd, I'm okay with it in the final two. But you don't want to start with, like, a 400 in the game. Well, I mean, if you get a 400, you're happy with it. But you... You know, one or game one or two, it's just really easy to take off the gas after that and just like feel like you can kind of coast in, and then all of a sudden you're in trouble. Yeah. 
uh, even with a four, you still have to average, you know, what, 250 to 260 for yeah. the other seven just to make cut line. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's pretty, pretty ridiculous nowadays. Yeah, you'll need to shoot 1,800 it. for your other seven. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's still a good day on the lanes. That's crazy. That's still like 257, I think. Something like that. Alrighty. Anybody got anything else? Well, one question that we usually ask our, uh, our guests, Chris, as well, is uh, uh, I guess you've been around for a little while on tour, so uh, maybe aside from what the tour is already kind of bringing to, uh, to, to the table these days, uh, is there any additional improvements that you could think of or would like to see within you know the sport of five-pin bowling? No, not not any that I can think of. I, I quite enjoy like all the different formats of the tour events and stuff like that. Um, no, I can't think of any. Well, it's good to hear. That means we're on the right track. Yeah. Um. So there has been talks, and I'll throw his name out there. I know he listens. Evan Lacusse has kind of brought up some stuff over the last couple of weeks on Thursday nights up at Sherwood Park. He wants to start doing little videos and stuff like that. Is there any suggestions you guys have for videos that you would like to see? Um, little competitions or um, something to deal with five pin bowling? I know Yeah, I know a while back, uh, man, it must have been probably about four or five years ago, I remember I distinctly having this conversation with the carry about you know, what about the possibility of bringing up uh, some sort of like challenge matches, right? And and I know uh, Tim at one point because uh, I think there was a TV show, I think it was called Hustlers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was where talking it was about ba- that. Basically, like like challenge matches and almost kind of having like a a local ranking system where you know you could challenge a, a person, say plus or minus three of your rank to try to move up the, you know, the, the leaderboards and things like that. And I, I, I still think that that would be a very fun format and something that would kind of keep it at least a, a local area very much engaged in kind of, kind of the current scene uh, of the sport. Well, that that's mm-hmm. what's happening right now in Abbotsford and in Winnipeg, is it yeah. not? Those guys have uh, challenge Similar. weeks and stuff like that? Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, you always little... see people from Winnipeg post and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, little similar, but like I, from what Adam and I remember, it was it used to be like a top ten you used to have, right, Adam? And yeah. then if, if you wanted to move up the board, you had a challenge, and then there was certain rules where, you, I mean, this is different if you're going to televise it or whatnot, but there was a certain time frame you had to do it or not. You're going to drop down rankings. Of course, there was side bets, like it was going to pay you to you're going to bet this much, or if you get this much or whatever like that, it'd give you 50 to start the game or whatever if you're trying to move well, up. Basically, you had to be active as well, right? It's not like you right. could just, you know, get that top spot or, you know, say top three spot and just kind of hold on to it for a while. Basically, you had to be open to a challenge, uh, but uh, kind of have that that thought that maybe wherever your ranking is, you know, plus two spots, minus two spots. So uh, at any point, yeah, you know, go do a challenge, uh, put whatever you want on the line, uh, make up whatever rules you want. Uh, Right. If uh, same, you know, me and Tim are playing, and you know, one of us have to spot each other, you know, five points a game, right? You basically make up whatever challenge match that you want, um, kind of post what that is. Hell, you even do it live, right? Yeah. 
but uh, I, I think the biggest issue that, that we had with that is trying to find time yeah. to, yeah, to yeah, actually yeah. do it. And it, it was basically either super late night or super early mornings and yeah. Are we after work or yeah. <clears throat> I would like to uh, do a trick shot competition or horse, play a game of horse against somebody. Oh, that'd be yeah. kind of cool. You know, yeah, especially that'd be fun. Now, now that we have like synthetics, we could definitely throw chairs and stuff out there and like strike paths. And, <laughs> well, what's it gonna do? I don't know. I'd like to see somebody throw a strike from lane eleven into lane twelve, and then see and see somebody try to you know match it. You know, I I think I think a game of horse would be pretty fun. I think I think Aaron I think Aaron Art wins that at Dexter that competition if you had to throw one over one. You do it in the gutter. You do it in the gutter. <laughs> you gotta throw a strike if you're playing horse. It's like throwing it in through the hoop. You gotta throw a strike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you guys watch too much on YouTube, but Storm Bowling does a. They spin the wheel and it's a split shot or a sparable shot for ten pin. And uh, if you miss it, you have to do like a hot wing or something like that. Uh, and they play against like, it's either a staffer plays against a professional or something like that. I think it'd be kind of cool. Um, I know Evan was talking about something like that. So maybe, be really cool. maybe we'll see something over the Christmas break and we'll, we'll try and push it through five pin universe. We'll try and get something up. Anything to push content of five pin bowling and, I think one other thing that, that could really, you know, be beneficial out of it is you start getting the personalities of some of the players that we, you know, play against or see all the time, right? Yeah. Or even like on these Ontario guys, all these great bowlers out in Ontario, maybe the they best could bowlers uh, in Canada. Maybe they could uh, do something, a video, and shout it out to somebody, and they have to battle them up through videos or something who knows maybe we'll I think Dwayne was talking about doing something like that yeah we'll, we'll figure something out there's definitely a lot of people out there um like Jennifer Jennifer Devaney and those uh ladies out there are starting something out there from the rumors so maybe we'll see something pop up that won't be through five pin universe since it seems like we're the ones pushing everything lately um we're else? annoying buy our shirts <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody on Facebook has just silenced our feed so they don't have to put up with the crap we push out every top, day. But... Top salesperson right here. We haven't checked still. recently. No, it's still the same. I checked today. <laughs> you could have just like pleaded ignorance. Zero sales, people. Buy a shirt. You keep saying you're going to. Do it already. <laughs> we are <We're> losers. <laughs> <laughs> Where can they see those, Carrie? Uh, on teespring.com, 5pin Universe's store, or through Facebook. You can even go to our website at 5pinuniverse.com. <laughs> it's right on there. Lots of links everywhere. Stop avoiding it. <laughs> Just... <laughs> Let's get... and is there WCBT hoodies? Uh, they are all sold out, I do believe. There? Okay. Well, we do have 5pin Universe hoodies. Yeah, there is 5pin Universe ones. Is there? Huh. Yeah. Look and, and and just <laughs> and I guess for the listeners, just just know that these won't be at the actual tour stops. No, so this is key. five pin universe only, people, and it's uh, we're not carrying stock. It's through a a third party provider, um, but there is a small proceed, and that'll be used for five pin universe getting more equipment, pushing media, stuff like that. 
um, is not going in our pockets. So if you want to support five pin media, the, there you go. And there is shipping uh, discounts for multiples as well. So yeah, the, the initial that, that shipping part cost, of it. The initial shipping cost is pretty high, but if you buy multiple units, it definitely decreases. So. <coughs> We'll get some more up there. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll switch up the um, the pictures on it since you guys apparently don't like the ones that are on there right now. We'll get some new ones. Maybe we can get a Mark Miller one up there. <laughs> Maybe Chris Bradford as a gnome might might show up. I think that'd be good. All <laughs> I want for it says it'll just say all I want for Christmas is a new IKEA table. <laughs> I'm gonna bring you another one. <laughs> you, clear, you clearly haven't gotten over this yet. <laughs> can, can you tell the listeners why you did it? Frustration. That's fair. It That's wasn't even. It literally. I literally didn't even. I was laughing when I did it, and then I was mad after it happened. <laughs> Danny Bear. Well, vouch me on that a hundred times. Mitch went through the same thing with his hand. <laughs> exact Mitch, same thought Yeah, process. but Mitch's hand's tiny. It takes up and less he, surface when it hits. he punched a floor. <laughs> same, same thought process, though. Yeah, true. <laughs> your, your bar tab covered the cost of the t uh, table. Yeah, I'm not worried, too worried about it. Oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Did I have a bar tab that weekend? Shot wheel tab. Oh. Oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna ask. Did you guys do your uh, VR mini golf? Oh, uh, you know what? You yeah. weren't there, so it doesn't matter. You can ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm. That's a great point. Allowed. That is a you great point. It's in my contract. I'm allowed to ask questions. We don't have to answer though. Next question. There's no there's no contract. Adam Weber, I asked about the VR and Tim wouldn't do it. Well he took enough money off you last year. Why not? Well, two years ago. Okay, yeah, two we years ago. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, we sure. we ended up using the VR booths as our payment booths for side pots and stuff, and it worked out really good. Oh, um, yeah. So there wasn't much VR. Took away from I, VR sales though. Yeah, I want. I want to be honest with you. The money I took off Bradford, I literally bought my new couch. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's I'm literally. <laughs> I sit on it and watch TV. Tim I'm bought a hundred dollar couch. He bought a blow up couch. <laughs> IKEA as well. You're so special, Tim. You're so special. <laughs> That's why we love him. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. What, do, what, do you, what do you guys think of the top five list? Love I think it. they're great. The, it gets it gets more reach than any of our other content, and we spend every Wednesday night doing this, <laughs> and that gets the most reach. So it's great. Well, I'm not gonna lie; I have been putting lots of thought into them. So. No, they've been they've been really well done, Adam. They've been really good. And if you have any problems with anything Adam writes, make sure you just message him. He's he's open to questions and answers. Criticism. Yeah, I'm open to questions and answers. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> he's just open. <laughs> All right. 
Well, thanks, guys. That was a great Christmas podcast. Uh, everybody's going to be super glad that they get a two-week break from us. That's right. We'll, uh, no content. Yeah. Um, we might do one during the Christmas break, I guess, eh? When will the next one be? That would be... Be the eighth if we do. Next Wednesday is Christmas, and the Wednesday after that is New, New, New Year's. Year's Day. So, so the see eight. you in three weeks, everybody. I mean, I can call you guys on New Year's at about 11 if you want. Pass. It'll be <laughs> entertaining. <laughs> Maybe. Carrie might have something for Christmas morning. We'll see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Adam keeps pushing an agenda on me, so I'll, I'll get it out there. Well, maybe if, maybe if I do it on this format, you'll listen. Probably not. No, it's too long. Probably, probably <laughs> this is true. I won't listen either. Yeah. <laughs> if everybody well, wants Merry to know Christmas, what we're talking about. Happy New Year's. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everybody. Have a great Christmas, Thanks, Brad, everyone. New Year. Merry Christmas. <laughs>